good day and welcome to What's Happening MoCo, a podcast from your award-winning government television station, County Cable Montgomery. Now, here's your host, Derek Kelly. Good day and welcome to What's Happening MoCo. And I want to say a very happy Women's History Month. It's a fantastic month where we acknowledge the compliments of women all over the world, but specifically here in Montgomery County, Maryland. And what better way to acknowledge Women's History Month than to acknowledge the women that are making history today. We have a young woman and two seasoned women that work in technology, or one that aspires to work in technology one day. Uh, welcome, ladies, to the program. How are you today? Hey, how are you, Derek? I'm, I'm great, I'm great. I'm in, in the presence of greatness. And I wanna say that this today's episode, we're gonna talk to Elizabeth. Elizabeth Chu is a student at what high school? Where do you go to school, Elizabeth? I'm a junior at Winston Churchill High School. And, and more importantly today, she is one of the organizers of the MoCo Hacks Hackathon that is happening the weekend of the 19th, March 19th, all the way through Sunday, and it's 36 hours. We're gonna talk about that a little bit, Elizabeth, in just a moment. But we also wanna welcome Shayna and Skyler from uh, Montgomery County's Technology Business Services. Is that correct? It's in flux right now, but I would say Department of Technology Services currently. All right, <laughs> Department of Technology Services. And we're gonna hear from both of them later as well about what they do for the county and what they do in their individual jobs. And maybe a little bit about how they, their progression uh, through their professional lives. But first, we're gonna start off talking with Elizabeth. Elizabeth, what is MoCo Hacks and how are you involved with MoCo Hacks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so MoCo Hacks is a free 36 hour uh, hackathon this year's virtual um, and it's targeted towards every single high schooler in Montgomery County public schools um, and the goal is to really get people interested in computer science uh, teach them basic uh, coding skills and other skills needed in the tech field um, and really provides a hands-on experience for all students that sign up um, because we wanted to find a way to uh, make CS more accessible and interesting than just the current CS courses offered in high school. So, wow. So you guys, so this is kind of a, a learning process as well. It's not just an event where people can have fun and, and code, but it's also a, a supplemental learning program. Now, what do other than the obvious? I guess you learn things. What what do you get out of participating, and what are the prizes? How does that work? It's also a competition, I guess. Yes, it's, so it's also a competition um, and every single participant um, has the chance, uh, if they want to, to uh, get swag. Um, so free t-shirt and also thanks to our sponsors. Um, many other perks such as, uh, I believe, a 30-day trials to Wolfram, for example, or a one-year license to VoiceFlow, which is one of our sponsors. Um, as well as a free website domain if they choose to get one as well. So just many free perks thanks to our sponsors. Um, as part of the team uh, this year, I actually um, secured uh, 8.5K in sponsorships for money and also um, 200 uh, out of the $201,000 we've secured for prizes such as software um, and free trials, I secured $189,000 of the 201k so <laughs> i'm, I'm sorry I, i'm i get i get a little confused with big numbers can you give the, give me those numbers again to make sure i'm hearing this correctly 
Yeah, so 8500 in cash uh, that I secured this season, um, and also $201,000 worth of prizes. Wow. Now, I I guess those sponsors deserve some recognition, and I I have no problem recognizing sponsors that contribute to our young people in Montgomery County, Maryland. So if you have a few sponsors that you want to drop their name or say thank you uh, during this podcast, uh, are you able to do that right now? Yeah, um, okay. I don't. Uh, I don't know if I can pull it up all right now, but I'm just going to okay. drop a few names. All right. Um, our partner and co-host for this season and our gold sponsor is MCEDC, which is the Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation. Um, and then we have silver and uh, silver and bronze sponsors such as uh, Inky Technology, uh, Brevo Security, um, and then Capital Technology University, HyperX, TechOne, and so many more. And Especially those companies providing a huge access to our free software um, for all participants. Uh, those include VoiceFlow, PorkBun, um, Wolfram, and so much more. We're just so grateful for all of them. Right. So, so what is the experience like for individual students that are participating in the hackathon? How do they how do they participate uh, literally uh, with the coding aspect, and how do they display their work, uh, and, and how do they collaborate? Yeah, so um, to to touch upon the collaboration aspect first, um, students have the opportunity to either work by themselves or in groups of up to four. And we also have a team building event, which has technically started because um, our event is hosted virtually on Discord and Zoom. So our Discord server is finally set up and students have started rolling in since yesterday. So really excited for that. and for coding, uh, I wrote up like a mini guide on our Notion page. Um, it's like it's called Moco Hacks 101, where it has all the resources and ways to get started, as well as meeting mentors in case um, they don't know where to start from. Uh, our mentors and volunteers are so grateful for. Um, they're either tech professionals in the industry already or current computer science students at university. Um, and there's also like a uh, scheduled workshops readily available. So like intro to Python, intro to uh, CS documentation, hackathons, and just anything you can think of. Um, so there's that. And also as for resources, um, uh, people can view our Notion guide and download like Eclipse, uh, VS Code. Um, those are programming environments um, to get started. And yeah. Wonderful. Now. I want to ask this question again because I think it requires, I think it, it's significant. Who is planning all of this, all of this technology, the fundraising and all of this? Who, who plans all of this? I mean, it's 100% run by students. Um, this season, I definitely did step up a lot to, um, I was the only person securing sponsorships this year, um, as well as leading marketing and getting just reaching out to so many people and trying to get um, volunteers and uh, guest speakers and workshop hosts and and all of that. Um, but there's definitely, um, I believe, 12 other people on our team, um, and they kind of just pitch in whenever they they're available. So. And are they all Montgomery County uh, students or Montgomery County Public School yes. students? Well, yes, they are um, all Montgomery County Public high school students and 
I think our team is mostly comprised of juniors and seniors. So definitely uh, we're going to be having more people on the team next year, like underclassmen maybe. Okay. Well, I want to say this is one of my favorite moments in this podcast is when I get to use the applause button. And I think you and your colleagues that helped organize this from Montgomery County High School, as well as all the people participating in the hackathon that deserve a, a big round of applause on behalf of myself and Montgomery County government and everyone, I think without the county, I think we're very proud of what you're doing and, and already the success in past years and this year in particular. Now, how was your experience as an individual um, and even as a young lady uh, entering into this, uh, in, some, in some respects, a, a, an environment where there's a lot of, typically a lot of young men uh, participating, but not as many young ladies. What has your experience been? Um, and that's too specific, but just, you know, how has it been for you? Yeah, so actually I kind of just uh, found out about Moco Hacks when it was founded by um, our two co-founders, Anthony and uh, Gondar. Um, and someone just randomly from my school just sent me an invite. Uh, so when I first got on, I was kind of, didn't know anyone, no one really knew me, and it didn't feel really welcome, at least from my point of view. Um, and so I, I really didn't speak up at all. I didn't say anything. Um, and it was kind of scary because um, this was early on in my sophomore year. And I, at that point, I knew nothing about computer science, nothing about tech. And I was pretty much set on uh, just going to music conservatory because I wanted to be a professional pianist. Um, so then quickly made that change over, well, made that change over time. Uh, just started speaking up. I was thinking to myself, if I never do something uh, or if I never actually try it, like how will I know how it will go, right? Mm -hmm. So I just kind of tried taking that step. Um, and slowly over time, uh, kind of uh, crossed that barrier, I guess you could say. Um, definitely as being a woman in tech, there's, uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of imposter syndrome, where you always feel like you're not good enough <laughs> or you're not qualified to do what others can do. Um, so there's always that feeling, but in general, um, I just try to ignore it and focus on the task at hand. Um, and over time, I've really formed close bonds with everyone on the team. Um, and I'm so glad there are also more women on the team this year. So yeah. Um, and maybe to add on to that, uh, last year, I think I really focused on marketing, but being the only girl on the team and also um, maybe we were just trying to get out signups. Um, I think 11 to uh, somewhere around 11% of our signups were women. Um, and great. I think we got zero non-binary uh, folks. So this year, I think 36% of our signups are women and uh, maybe 3%, I believe, somewhere between two to 3% are non-binary people. So we're awesome. so excited. It's like so many more people. Yeah. Well, it's great that you have such a, a diverse representation of the students of Montgomery County. And it's awesome that the participation by young ladies are is increasing each year because we don't want to waste talent. If there's talent out there, we want all the talent. We don't want some of the talent. We want all the talent. So now let's yeah. let's let's bring in, speaking of talent, two talented women that serve the residents of Montgomery County, specifically through Montgomery County government. Let's welcome back again Skylar and Shayna. Hello ladies, how are you? How are you? Hello. 
Good, good. How are you? Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, um, what your title is, and then what you do for the county government. And then we'll talk a little bit about your department. So let's start with Skyler. Skyler, what is it that you do for Montgomery County government and the residents of Montgomery County? Yeah, great question. So I work in the Department of Technology Services on the change management team. And um, it's when I first started, it was a really new role, but, but really our goal in any project that we work on is to help drive awareness about what's happening um, and help bridge the gap between technology and just the normal everyday basic user or or the normal everyday employee who isn't really privy to um, some of the changes that are happening, uh, but often it's it's on the IT side. Um, so we write communications, we help with training, we talk with the techie folks to understand what they're doing and relay that to everyone else um, in a way that's just easy to understand. Um, and we try to think of fun ways to do it. We do videos, we do internal marketing campaigns, um, we help with user acceptance testing so that we're hearing you know, what the users are facing and then we relay that back to um, the technical teams. So we do a number of things, but overall our mission is to help make change more successful and that can be on a number of different projects, but it, it serves the whole enterprise, which is really exciting. Wow. Shana, you work with Tyler and you're actually the manager for change management um, in Montgomery County, Maryland. What are some of the challenges that you face in trying to communicate technical, I want to, lack of a better word, <laughs> jargon and wording? And how do you communicate that in a way that regular county employees can understand? <laughs> Good question. Um, I think, as I say to many people, my team, we know just enough to be dangerous, meaning we will jump into any new tool, application, um, business problem with full with both feet forward. So in other words, we need to know the specifics of the change initiative or the IT, you know, project um, or application, we know we need to know enough so that we can advocate as um, our employees, our contractors, our residents, um, you know, we need to be putting ourselves in their shoes um, to best, you know, offer our suggestions around business process um, and, you know, other areas to to ensure that people under like Skylar said so that people understand what's happening and they understand how to use the new the new tool or the new application um, and so I would say the biggest challenge we have is that you know like everybody there are folks who are very seeped into kind of the technology space um, and so you know, we as advocates of of a user or resident you know will say well couldn't we do it this way I mean wouldn't this make everything easier. And then, you know, the tech folks kind of look at us with, you know, steam coming out of their ears saying, you know, we can't do it that way because X, Y, Z. So, you know, I think that it's, but it's a good challenge to have because I really believe that without our function, there are times where, you know, our resident population, our employee population may not have a voice. And so, you know, we take our role very seriously in providing that voice and advocating for, you know, what, what we feel based on, on our experience and the feedback that we receive, you know, would be the best plan, um, you know, to adopt this change. Well, now I, I want to I make sure that I invite you guys back to talk more about your department and what your department does. 
Um, but today, I think, I think we have a great opportunity to provide advice, not only to women that are aspiring to be uh, working in the tech field, but also anyone that's working in the tech field. What are some of the things that someone Elizabeth's age might want to consider as part of the education, as part of what they're what they do in their activities, if they want, if their goal is to work in technology, and then particularly uh, as a woman. Uh, Skylar? Sky, you wanna jump? You no. want me to jump? No, we, we both can. I think, um, first off, I think Elizabeth, you're, you're already on the right track. I think kind of getting involved with the different groups of people who are doing what you're interested in and exploring those interests further to see if it's really something that you wanna you know, pursue. Um, I think that's excellent. Um, I already heard you say, and, and I'm thinking like, you're just wise beyond your years that, you know, you kind of went in and you felt like you didn't really have a voice right away. And you hadn't really kind of gained that sort of inner confidence about what you were doing. I think in any setting where you're just totally new, that kind of vulnerability is going to happen. You're going to feel that way. But I think we as women, have that sort of added pressure when we're in a room of all men. It's like, we have to prove ourselves or we, you know, I think first at the beginning of my career, I stayed pretty quiet. Um, I hadn't developed that confidence. And so I just didn't push, you know, into the room when I should have had a seat at the table, when my work was really speaking for itself. Um, and so I would say kind of, as you become more confident in what you're doing, allow that voice as being the expert to, to push when you need to push and balance that with also letting your work speak for itself when your work should speak for itself. So there's that fine balance of being assertive. And, and Shana taught me that I think Shana can speak to this a little bit too, is, you know, when you're in the room and you are the expert, you are the expert. And so you have every right to speak up and, and, and make a case to be at the table as part of the discussions, um, as part of the decisions or as part of the, you know, being a doer. Um, so I think kind of continuing to refine that, right. Like that confidence and that kind of balance of, of working hard at it and letting your work show just how good you are, but also speaking up for yourself when you feel like that's important too. Um, and I think just continue, I, you know, I, I changed progressions a few times. I thought, you know, when I was little, I wanted to be a marine, marine biologist. And then as I got older, I pursued psychology and I ended up in a position in recruiting, which I loved as I continued recruiting, there were skills that I used as part of that job that I really wanted to refine more of. And I found a master's program that would allow me to learn more about it. I also found a job here at Montgomery County that specifically listed those skills as something I could use every day. And so I went after it. So I think keep going after what intrigues you and keep working hard to learn more about it and never be afraid to ask questions. No one is ever gonna expect you to know it all. And if they do, then I don't think they're very wise. I think it's really great when you have someone in the room who can be vulnerable and just say, I don't really know what you're talking about. Can you explain that to me more? Um, and we do that every day still. You know, I've been in the county for six, seven years. And I still say that because every project we join is new and I there's no way I could possibly know all of it. And so I think, you know, using that skill is, is really important too. Shana, you, you, I mean, I'm, Skyler, I'm, Skyler covered this. Whew, that was amazing. <laughs> let's, 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 learn about, yeah, let's talk about lifelong learning. It seems that you have a position that's not only impressive because of what it contributes to not just non-technical and technical employees, uh, user and end user, 
because um, you're kind of bridging a cap, a gap. But also, Scott mentioned that you have to learn about each new technology and vet it. What is that process like uh, for you and your department? What What is the process like when there's a need? And uh, what is your part in finding a solution for that need and then learning it and then moving it forward? It's a great question. I think the key here is to be flexible, meaning if you're expecting somebody to hand you, you know, functional specifications, technical specifications, or, you know, business process maps, you know, whatever it is, it's, you're going to be waiting for a long time. Everybody's busy. Um, there's new technology that comes out all the time. Um, so for example, you know, I'll use Microsoft 365 as an example. Um, you know, my team, has been responsible for the marketing, the communication, and the education around our Microsoft applications. Well, the new functionalities hit at any time. It could there could be something new in Microsoft Teams tomorrow, um, and so you know, for us, it's an exercise of jumping into the tool, playing around with it. You know, as, I, as we usually say, you know, break things, um, just break some stuff, and see what you find out and have that lens on from the user. So for example, there's new, there's new breakout room functionality in teams. Well, that's important because, you know, we have many meetings at the County, um, throughout the organization and having breakout rooms for presentations is quite important. Um, so, you know, it's really a question in terms of, you know, change management is you have to be curious and you have to be willing to go in there as a functional person, a technical person, a tester, um, you know, all of the above and just go in there and figure it out for yourself. And so because of that, we become, you know, really strong SMEs in the areas that we work on, both on the business side. So, I mean, there are departments we've worked with where I can definitively say we know their processes just as well as they do. In fact, we may actually offer process suggestions because we're so seeped in their business. Um, so again, I mean, I think it's a question as Skyler mentioned, which were excellent points. Ask a lot of questions. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to, you know, fail forward. We've made plenty of mistakes in, in um, you know, some of the work we've done, but the question becomes, what do you learn from it? How do you move forward and how do you, you know, make it better, even better than where you were. Um, and I would just also reiterate, Elizabeth, that what we heard from you is um, it, it beyond impressive, um, the work that, that you're already doing. And I would say that, you know, you know, as Skylar mentioned, sometimes you don't find your voice or your, you know, like you said, like the imposter syndrome really resonated with me um, because Skylar and I just spoke at a women in government session yesterday, I think it was, um, where we went over this TED talk, um, by Amy Cuddy, who's a social psychologist. She, she teaches at Harvard, um, business school. She has done a lot of research around this kind of imposter syndrome and this feeling of like, I'm not supposed to be here. Um, so I highly recommend that you take a look at her TED talk, but essentially what we talked about to women in government was this idea of fake it until you become it. So don't fake it until you make it, fake it until you become it. And you've already put in all the hard work. You already are an expert, you know. And so those times where you're sort of feeling like, should I speak up or not? Fake it, because you can back it up with what you already know. And once you fake it, you then become it because you get yourself in a place where you feel like, you know, the confidence is there. I know what I'm talking about. 
I'm, I want to ask questions. I freely admit when I've done something, you know, maybe not the right way. And I'm going to learn as to how to do it, you know, better next time. That's, that's, that's everybody. I mean, that's no matter how senior you are, senior you are in your career or how novice you are. Um, I think those are some principles that are very important. Wow. I must say I'm, I'm impressed and, and even moved by this conversation. And I wish you had more time to just to move it further, but because we have a superstar Elizabeth in the room and this is her week, uh, what, what, would you ask Skylar or Shayna ab about anything professional uh, that you'd like for them to answer? So this is your chance to be the podcast host. You're taking over. I'm taking my hat off, putting it on Elizabeth's head. Elizabeth, ask a question of uh, either both or both Skylar and Shayna or either one. Yeah, so first I'm like so grateful again for you hosting this podcast and also thank you so much Skylar and Shayna for coming on here and it, it really feels good coming from you guys uh, to hear that I guess I hopefully am on some kind of track to a tech career. Um, first maybe how exactly uh, did you like what skills do you think are the most needed for both hard and soft skills for uh, anyone going into tech then or maybe specifically women? That's a great, great question. question. Yeah, I think for me, I would say um, definitely being assertive because I think when you're, especially in technology, because technology is really like people have very straightforward defined roles, unless you're more in an agile shop and people kind of wear different hats, but really, you know, you have developers who are kind of looking at it from their angle. You have project managers who are looking at it from their angle. You have senior leaders who have expectations for their business and, and what they need IT to do. So you have kind of all these different voices and you've got to be able to distill, you know, kind of from everybody, what everybody needs, figure out how to support everyone, but also figure out how to have a voice too. Um, and especially, you know, from our lens, always being the user advocate has, has been important to us. And so we, we've been that other voice, but often we're the neutral party, right? Cause we're kind of, we're not in kind of any of the, the other major groups. So definitely the, the assertiveness. Um, and especially, you know, in IT, it's not always top of mind, like change management isn't always top of mind. So I had to learn how to kind of understand from the technology side, why things were happening and why um, certain agendas were being pushed and then be able to kind of support that, but also support the user side. And so I think, especially in technology now, more, it, it's not just change management who's concerned with both sides of that house now. I'm seeing project managers employ more change management techniques. I've seen developers do the same thing and kind of lean more heavily on their UX designers. And um, so I think just kind of like, the collaboration piece is really important too, because now more than ever, it's really important to ensure that your technology is meeting the needs of your users, whether that's from you know an equity perspective or anything. I mean, the user voice is like the most important. So I think that's that's a big kind of like new focus for technology that maybe wasn't there um, ten years ago. Right. And Shane, I don't know if you want to add to that. I, I took, a, I gave a long answer. <laughs> that's no, I think that was absolutely right. I think just to keep it simplistic, to just add with what Skylar said, I think regardless if you're, you know, seeped 
you know, IT heavy technology, um, project manager, you know, leader, um, change manager, whatever you are, it's listening, it's consensus building, um, and it's collaboration. To me, that's, that's everything. You can go into your specific field and learn, you know, everything you need to learn to be a developer, everything you need to learn to be a UX, you know, specialist, whatever it is that, you know, your passion, you know, where that drives you is where you should focus your expertise. But in terms of the skills of, of, of your career and working with folks, I think that those three things are very important. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I, I always aspire for this podcast to be very easy to understand. However, there were a few terms that kind of flew kind of high. So I'm going to go over a few of them and just a quick 30 second answer. Cause so we can wrap this up. You mentioned UX. What is UX for the uh, common person? User experience. There you go. Thank All right. You. And we've mentioned, we've been bouncing around SME. SME is a SME. What is, what is, what is SME? It's a subject matter expert. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. And then the last uh, a bit, it's not necessarily jargon, but it's a marketing term that some people may not understand the importance of. Uh, Scott, you mentioned top of mind. Could you explain quickly what top of mind and why is that, why is that important? Yeah, absolutely. Just when something's like right off the top, it's like front and center in your brain is as important. Fantastic. Top of mind. You can recall it right away or, or you're thinking about it. And I guess that's a good segue for the end of this program. I aspire for all residents to keep What's Happening MoCo podcast top of mind. And this weekend, think about Elizabeth and her comrades as they host this hackathon. A hackathon, 36 hours. Hey. No break. 36 hours straight, right? That's it. 36 hours is going. You forward. can do it. Well, some people are going to pull all-nighters. Um, but I think for me, definitely 3 to 7 a.m., I am off limits. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you for being here today. Thank you to anyone out there that may be watching or listening. We ask that you continue to watch and listen, subscribe to this podcast, do what you can to support Montgomery County, especially our youth, especially our women in technology. Look at them. Amazing. Amazing. And as always, I ask you to ask the question, what's happening, MoCo? You deserve the answers. Thanks for listening. And please subscribe.